and welcome to the eighth episode of our BPD Bunch Brunch, where we get together with our favorite brunchy beverages to catch up, play games, and talk about all things BPD. I'm your host, Zanny, and today I am here with Andre, Jay, Andrea, Sophie, and Madurima. What's everybody's brunchy beverage? I have orange juice today. You can't really tell because it's in this cup of pony stuff, but... I just have coffee. I'm going to call it electrolytes. <laughs> it's like 11 o'clock at night, so I have just water with me. I've got a new juicer, so I actually crushed up all the ice and made some lemonade, so that's the, the final... Um, dregs of what's left over. <laughs> He's already got started. He's like, I'm gonna drink it all. Yeah. I've got coffee. He's got coffee. Coffee is good. Mm. Coffee is, is the best. So today we have kind of a, a different, we did almost like art therapy this week in a way. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Everybody has brought their artistic interpretation of what chronic emptiness is. So, does anybody want to go first? I'll go first. Go on, sir. Right. Here we go. I love it. It, Is that like a tornado slash black hole slash whirling game? Right. Hoover, tornado, black hole. Just swallow me. I don't want to be here. I'm right at the bottom fighting to get up. Oh. Yeah. Right there, there's some arrows yeah, pointing yeah. down as well. Um, so the blob's there. Um, and yeah, I'm just right at the bottom. There's a few arrows going up because that's the way I do want to go. But I don't know how to get there because all of these arrows are just sending me down into this just swallow hoover sucky sucky thing. <laughs> so that's... Very relatable. That is that's, very that's relatable. Me. Swallow Hoover sucky sucky thing. <laughs> <laughs> Next time I feel myself being swallowed by the void, I'm going to think of that and feel instantly better. <laughs> um, I'm not quite <laughs> down here today, but I'd say I'm about here. Oh, yeah. Aww. yeah. You can always use that like as a chart for yourself. Like, where is was, Sophie today? I was really thinking that, like a thermostat of sorts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So does that mean you, you, there's always some amount of emptiness there for you? Yeah, big time. Um, yeah, I kind of have like a on and off switch. It's either I feel really empty or really happy. Uh, yeah, um, I'm I'm quite emotional at the moment. So let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> it was very good. I liked it. Thank I you. like it. I kind of expected everyone to have like really abstract things, and I actually really like that yours is like clearly identifiable because what I did is extremely abstract. I love that. Bring it on. Well, I guess That's I'll just nice. go. Yeah. <laughs> wow! Oh, wow. Wow. I like wow. those colors. What's, What's going color? on there then? So it was supposed to be darker, and the, um, the vision I had in my head was sort of like almost like space in a way because space is a void. It was supposed to be very dark with just, like, hints of color, but I couldn't get, like, the dark colors to be as dark as they were supposed to be. So it kind of turned more into a little bit more colorful, but shapeless a little bit, I think, is sort of what I was going for. That, that, because for me, being, feeling empty, there's definitely this void, but it's also a detachment from 
everything else also. Chronic emptiness to me is just this this void and also this just sense of not not being tethered to anything and and directionlessness and purposelessness and yeah. Well explained. Um I must say though, Zanny, uh your depiction of emptiness actually made me really happy because it's just got colour. <laughs> so even when you're sad, you're full of colour. That's a, that's that's Aww. promising. <laughs> it looks like the it looks like being inside of a car wash. Wow. Which <laughs> if you've ever gone through a car wash on your own, it's I don't know. There's a lot of time for introspection there, you know? You're sitting alone in your car. You're completely isolated. All you can hear is the blah, 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 and you got all these colors and everything. And it can be, it can be very overwhelming and it can really make that emptiness echo. I, I, it resonates with me a lot. Yeah. The car wash image. It's funny. I haven't been in a car wash in a really, really long time, but there's something about it. Like, especially because like when you, depending on which machine you go through, there's that that feeling of sound sound where like the sound feels like it's pushing in on you the air pressure is just like and i think that that is very closely related to that that sensation of of emptiness oh i thought i was being weird yeah everything that i say that's weird you guys are like yeah i can relate to that and i'm like are they are they pranking me (laughs) so everything that you everything that you say that you think's weird i'm sat here thinking i'm glad he said it out loud Actually, can I show my thing while I'm while I'm the conversation? Yeah. Don't laugh now. Be prepared, stunned, <laughs> and amazed at my childish. Um, so this is my little childlike drawing of emptiness. Wow, um, we. Oh, so I love that. So good. I really love that. <laughs> funny, funny I love that. You drew the space analogy is so good. Yeah, and if so you sweet. see the little the little tether that's basically keeping me attached to the world, that very thin umbilical. Yeah. Yeah, that thing. It's, it's and, and I've used this I've used this image quite a lot in a lot of my Instagram stories. It's a recurring theme yeah. of, of of basically floating in space and not being in control, but not maybe even caring that you're not in control. And it's funny that Zanny touched on that subject with this the the the, the space the darkness. So I think maybe she might be my long lost twin. That's why I gravitate towards it so much. But I've um, when I was drawing this. I felt the need to really finish everything, but and I thought, well, no, that's the whole point. It's meant to be about emptiness. It's, and that's a lot of the things that I've done in my life feel like they're not really finished completely anyway. There's always that wanting of more. I've always been part of the group, but on the outside, and that's what this makes me feel like. I'm part of the world, but I've always been the guy who's kind of like floating away you know, like on the on the outskirts, and then I, I pop home every now and again like an astronaut. The emptiness and the loneliness is very much like that. It's that feeling of I don't know why I can't identify it, but I know that even in the room of people, I still feel lonely. We were talking about it in the main episode when I said that my feeling of chronic emptiness was also kind of triggered when I was in a room full of people because it used to hit me that how actually empty I am inside and no matter how many people I talk to or how many people I try to connect with um, I will always have this huge void inside of me and I was trying so hard to like fill it up with something but 
I think I drew my drawing based on that only. So just gonna show it to you. So it's um yeah, it's this. Wow. Oh wow. <laughs> so I love yeah, it. So this oh is like Oh my god, that's yeah. That's so that's good. Like, the, <laughs> I like it's how it's been color. That's powerful. That's like I think my jaw actually dropped a little bit. I was like yeah, me too. Wow. I mean, it's like this big nothingness which is like coming out. So this this person in black and white is me and this big nothingness coming out right from inside my chest which is like creating a wall between me and all these people who are like trying to reach out and I'm trying to reach out to them but there's this gap, you know, which is which which I have not created like willingly, but it's there and it's coming from inside of me. I know that. So, so I'm curious, um, Madurima. So I I look at that and I. One of the things that makes me think of is that, I think part of the reason why I, like, I'm so excited to to have this group and like why most of my friends are like in recovery from something really intense is that. I have never been able to really get a sense of connection, even in a state of functional recovery, from people who can't emotionally relate to me. And I'm I'm curious if you've ever felt like you've overcome that. Yeah, I mean, the way that I feel that I have actually overcome it is um, the feeling is still there. It's not gone. I mean there are still parts of me that try to look for that connection, that emotional depth and feeling very empty when after a few conversations we see, yeah, this is, this, but we are just not being seen or not being understood properly. Previously, what would happen is that I would feel empty and I would keep that nothingness or that whole void in me and I would feed it in with more useless conversations or more empty conversations and going out with people who I know that I wouldn't connect with. But now what I know is that if I don't get a connection like that, it and I would know that uh, my emptiness or my sense of self-worth is being triggered at some point, I would immediately go to my crisis management state and try to be mindful, try to journal it out, try to do the wise mind thing, try to notice the pattern of the thoughts and remind myself that yes, this feeling is transient and I am enough with myself. And the fact that other people do not understand me does not mean what I think and what I feel are any less valid. So yeah, that is something that helps me now deal with it. Yeah, that self-validation piece, I think is your, is really important mm -hmm. and, and I, I like that you mentioned that you did, you, you know, because I was, because that's what I was mostly were thinking is like, does that feeling ever go away for people? And I, you know, maybe not completely, but you get to a point where it's like, you can at least say to yourself, like, I can see this and it doesn't have to control me. Right. Exactly. I actually, what you just said actually helps me because I never thought about it that way. Like having to talk myself through that because. For me, well, with, it, with what you were saying, Zanny, your question, I kind of felt like with the people in my life, it's like I could only walk so far with them before I realized we couldn't keep walking together anymore. But I would still keep them around. Like, oh, we could still 
you know, talk and everything, but now I know I can't talk to you about these feelings. And I think that over time that eventually made me feel more empty. Once I became a part of the BPD bunch and I'm hearing all of these stories and I'm kind of like, okay, like there are other people that are feeling these same feelings, having these similar stories, having these similar thoughts. I don't feel so alone. And I may not reach out and talk to everybody individually, but I don't feel that same loneliness that I was feeling before because I just, I do talk so much less because I realize that I really can't connect with people on that emotional level. Like I can just, I don't know. I can't think of anything off the top of my head right now, but like, I'm like, oh, I'm just, I'm feeling this way and it's this intense. And it's like, you know, do you know what I mean? You know what I mean? It's just like, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, you have no idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> and we're cut. Yeah. <laughs> but I like that. Like being able to go to like your, your groups and, and just, let yourself know, like, just, just because nobody else feels this way doesn't mean that it's wrong that I feel this way. And like, I'm okay to feel this way. And I'm not alone in feeling this way. Like the self-talking is also good. It reminds me of what Sophie always says about the higher self. Cause I, I, that voice, I just like created that version of me. And like, if I, that ver I get that version of me to talk to myself. Like I have out loud conversations where I play all the sides. I did that this morning, this afternoon, really? sorry. Yeah, oh my gosh, I'm feeling kind of empty at the moment. And I was trying to go backwards to behaviours that normally would fill a void temporarily. And I was on the road, so I didn't want to look like the crazy lady. So I put this here headphones on. And I was just like, listen, going backwards is exactly that. Going backwards. You know what that feels like. And I had to talk myself through the situation and really describe what it means to go backwards to that certain situation and say, listen, you're walking forward right now on the road. Keep walking, literally, figuratively, every Lee, because you're trying to be your higher self. And yes, the emptiness is there, but fill it with something else. Go to the BPD brunch and talk it out and you might feel better, you know? Yeah. So that was interesting. Kind of literally having an out loud conversation with myself which was coming from my higher self. And yeah, that, that made me feel a little bit better. I love that so much. <laughs> yeah, I was uh, like, uh, the same thing that there was this one point in time when I used to like talk out loud to myself because um, otherwise my head would be so foggy because I could not do the talking uh, like in my head. I had to do it out loud just to make myself listen. And the, I had so much judgment because of that, like self-judgment. And there was this, um, not friend, like an acquaintance of mine who would like, um, I would do it while I was in class. And then I would get to hear a lot of, I don't know, gossips being thrown around that, yeah, she talks to herself and everything like that. And I remember being super embarrassed by that. And there, so there was this one point of time in my life where I was like really really low and I talked about this habit with my therapist and she was like no that is like a very important skill like you need to have that talk with yourself because like 
you're at least trying to talk with yourself it means that you're trying to talk over that BPD self so which is important and so there was this one time which I when I was again talking out loud in campus and somebody made this comment of like oh my god do you have to like do you have to keep doing this and there was this one time when I snapped and I was like shut up it's keeping me alive and that was I think that is one of the most powerful moments in my life when I felt like yes I can seem like a crazy person but like fuck off Karen I am (laughs) I am doing this wrong myself butt out mind your own business hey hey I'm sorry to inconvenience you with my whispers. Like, you can like, exactly, you know, move away yeah. from me. <laughs> right? Oh, man. I like that. It's really sweet. Whose photo, whose picture we got left to see? Oh, one Andrea. Okay, so this one's mine. What? Uh, Holy cow. Oh, you guys are putting me to shame now. I'm going to redo my drawing. of chronic emptiness um and i put a song lyric on there because music is everything um it's a song lyric by the national and it says sorrow found me when i was young sorrow waited sorrow won sorrow they put me on the pill it's in my honey it's in my milk so it's like one of my favorite songs by them but um i don't know if it's because it's a small space because it's confined but i know when um i would have like my times i would i would kind of go into a corner because i felt like it was a hug and that's kind of like where i would cry and i just i wonder if that's why i choose the bathroom because that's not the first place this isn't the first place where i've lived where i choose the bathroom and i go and cry in there but um bathtub for yeah. me yeah, maybe. So I'm wondering if it's the small confined places, but yeah. So this is this is what I came up with. But I was actually like, oh, kind of proud of this. That it's very mine. good. Thank you. Wow, it's beautiful. I very beautiful. Come on, Jay. I'm excited. I did not draw anything because I have not drawn in so long, but. I have been doing more music lately, so I wow. recorded a song that I wrote 22 years ago. So give that a listen, everybody, and, and um, yeah. I'll listen to that. I'm feeling some vibes. Do you know what? I don't, I don't know if it's meant to hype me up, but... It, that that's actually hyped me up. It's not put me in the downer. I don't feel empty. I feel 
Well, that's, I don't even know how to that's describe good. it. I love that it. That was amazing. Nice. It was amazing. It. And your voice it as was. well. It's yeah, so like voice, rustic. Yeah. And at one point I wanted to like cry because I'm feeling a bit mm, at the moment. Mm. Well, like you, you're like, um, for the rest of my miserable life, I'll feel like snow. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> There's something it's so beautiful about that and i think it's odd because it's one of those things that i feel like captures some of this feeling so well because like when i was thinking about this it's like it's color and chaos but it also means emptiness at the same time it's like snow is one of those things that is like it is beautiful and if you've ever like seen like survival been things, trapped like, in it yeah it will freaking yeah. kill you you know like yeah. it, it, exactly. it's uh yeah it's uh beautiful deadly thing i got i think I, I hit all the aspects of it the the uh you know emptiness because of something and emptiness just because and emptiness in a room full of people and you know for me the the emptiness is is it's like um statistics of failure right like separating my life into statistics of of success and failure the failure column is more than full there. It is infinitely more full than the success column. And that's just, that's a bummer, man. And desperately wanting to not add to that, you know, not have a relationship or an endeavor or something that I try or whatever, become another statistic of failure, another abandoned, you know, all the wreckage and I had a lot of wreckage. Um, that was sort of my attempt to communicate that and the, the inevitable relationship breakup feeling and the, um, just the, the, the futility of trying to fight it, uh, you know, how it feels in the beginning anyway. Um, and this was, like I said, I wrote this 22 years ago. I had no idea what BPD was at the time. And I had been like that at that point for 26 years, 27 years. It was, it was a long, a long, long time of just building up and building up and building up. And finally, um, finding an artistic outlet of songwriting that was, um, cause music had always helped me feel better. I've been, music's been an ever present thing in my life. And it's like, like Andre said, you know, this song pumped him up. It didn't make him feel bad, but that's how I am. Like I get depressed or whatever. I'm, I'm starting to dissociate or whatever. I'll listen to, <clears throat> you know, I'll listen to the cure or something else that just anybody else would think, Oh God, that's so depressing, you know? And it's, uh, but to me it, it heightens me up because it's like, Oh, I'm, I'm with people who understand the major criticism of most of my music is, is it's really dark. It's really depressing. Why would anybody want to listen to that? And I'm like, if you don't want to listen to it, you don't understand it. You don't have the same baseline that I do. So, you know, and then those people drop right off my radar. <laughs> like Zanny says, you know, I, I can't relate to you. So we have no more interactions to have. Can only walk so far. Yeah. It's not really supposed to be like hopeful or instructional. It's more just of a, a cry for help. That's so that's such a cliched phrase and it's so overused, but that's kind of what it is. It's just like, Whoa. hey, is, does anybody else understand me? 
you know. Keep crying because it's cathartic and uh, put it on some, you know, melodies and uh, all that sort of stuff. Lovely chords. And let's hear some more because that was beautiful. What's your takeaway from our conversation? My biggest takeaway is that um, every one of us, what I is like what I saw from this is that every one of us has faced the feeling of chronic emptiness in a different way and has dealt with it in a different way. And all of those feelings and all of those coping mechanisms are valid. And I think it will be like, really assuring for the people who are like watching this that to know that any way they're feeling is not wrong or just because they don't fit the definition in the book does not mean that they don't have it for real so I think that's very important it's sort of like a Venn diagram in a way right like all of our experiences there's the part that's very individualized and then the aspect where like even though our pictures are so different. I honestly expected more abstract things because I was like, how do you even draw a picture of this? But I think I was the only one that, that had something really abstract. Everyone else had like an actual picture and that surprised me because I was like, oh, wow. The, all these other people have a really concrete sort of outline of what this looks like to them. And and that was just really, really neat that we can we all have this, this thing that connects us and it is different exactly like Madurama said. And I think... Yeah, I think my my takeaway is just that you can make something beautiful from that space. Even if you're still struggling with it, you can you can make art out of it. You know, you can turn it into something that allows you to connect with a group of people like we are here. And I think that's that's kind of amazing. I think my takeaway would be like to piggyback off of that because a lot of people do say you know, you shouldn't listen to sad music when you're sad. It's only going to make you more sad. And I can understand why a person would say something like that, especially when they're always trying to be positive. But I mean, people create, that's how they get it out. They, they got to get it out. It's got to come out somewhere, you know? And I think that sometimes, however the mediums are used, it's, it's all a way to connect with others and that's why we're drawn to it i don't i don't think it's necessarily like i like this sad piece of art because it makes me more sad i think it's like i like this sad piece of art because i feel like somebody understands that's what I, yeah that's how i feel i look at a piece of art and i go that speaks to me because yeah. it it does it touches a part of me that says oh this person knows what i was going through so you see things that you know art resonates on a very deep level with people and that um that's that's my takeaway is i should appreciate more art on that level on the on the comfort level you know rather because i spend so much time appreciating on a technical level so my takeaway is connecting with others that don't really understand like deepness and emotions like i don't actually know how to do that stuff um, and I try all the time and I end up feeling more empty and it's just nice to know that I'm not alone like this is probably the most filling <laughs> conversation I've had in a long time because everyone here understands it in a different way like it's different p puzzle pieces that fit together almost to make one big picture um, so it's really comforting because sometimes you can't explain these to things to people and sometimes I don't feel like I can intellectualise it myself. So it's been really nice to hear you guys speak and, um, yeah, thank you so much. For me personally, I've realised that 
there is a certain level of perfectionism that each of us have been um, indoctrinated into in our own societies and families. And my a lot of my emptiness, I've realised, comes from the fact that I've never been able to meet those supremely high standards. And even when I did surpass those standards, I was so busy living in fear of not meeting them that I wasn't able to celebrate them, which made me feel more empty. So what I've learned is once I've stopped trying to please the community and please the narrative that was set out for me, my happiness has changed tremendously. So sometimes you have to be a little bit weird. And by being a little bit weird, that's what's helped me to cure the... the the, the the lack of feelings and the, and the emptiness. The more weird I become, strangely enough, the more people seem to love me for my, my, my strangeness. We're a bunch of weird oddballs together. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, That's yeah. The are. BPD bunch. Kind of weird. Yeah. <laughs> That's okay, though. We love weird. We've redeemed weird and crazy. It's the normal ones you have to look out for. Oh, this was so great, you guys. Okay. Well, thank you everyone for really watching. We hope you had, uh, you got something out of this episode. And um, we will see you again next week for our brunch episode Ooh, on anger. Oh, anger yes. That's art. my thing now. So we'll see you next. We'll <laughs> yeah. see you then. And Bye. make sure you like, sure. subscribe, turn on your notifications so you don't miss anything. Bye. Bye. Take care. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>